Eagle Nation, you're listening to Gotta Talk, a podcast dedicated to all things Georgia Southern football. Now, here's your hosts, Matt Monty and Cody Anderson. All right, Eagle Nation, we are back. Welcome back to Gotta Talk. And Cody, you know, it's only been uh, a little over a week now uh, since we recorded and, and published our episode and then kind of talked about all the happenings that's been going on with the coronavirus and what's going to happen with the landscape of the 2020 season. And just in that short amount of time, so much has changed already. And then we said that in the first episode, that it's just kind of a fluid situation. As of now, it looks like we're ready to play football. And that's that's what's the most important part. So we're, we're getting ready for the season. Obviously, there's been conferences both at the G5 level and the Power 5 level that have already canceled their season. But Sunbelt, along with ACC, SEC, and some others – are moving forward so we're plowing ahead and then that's what it looks like we're going to be uh doing and, and right now it looks like that uh game against campbell on september 12th will be our uh, first game of the season yeah it looks like we're going to follow the lead of the sec as a conference as a whole and the sec looks bound and determined to get a fall season and so we'll see how that plans out but yeah you're talking about our first episode um we had we had 10 conferences playing and then by today we have six so um, hopefully everything will move in the right direction and, and we'll be able to play football this fall and, uh, we'll have that home opener against Campbell in a, in a couple of weeks. So, um, very exciting. Looks like everything so far with our football program is moving forward in a safe and, and healthy pace. They just got through with their first scrimmage this weekend. So yeah, exciting times. Hopefully everything will, will stay, um, going in the right direction so we can at least have the 11 games that we have scheduled to play so far this year. Right. And that's, so that's, that's the thing that I want to start with is that obviously when we recorded last time, we were down to 10 games. So we lost that November 21st uh, game against uh, non-conference opponent game against Ole Miss. That was kind of our money game, obviously SEC moving to conference only. So we lost that one. And then most recently losing the Boise state game with the Mountain West decision at that time to push back their, the start of their season. So we lost that game. Um, and then later we find out that Mount West just cancels uh, the, their season altogether. Um, so that losing that game was kind of inevitable, it seems. But we were down to 10 games. Now we're back to 11, replacing the Ole Miss November 21st game with a game at West Point, New York, against Army. Who's your coach? Munkin. Yep, <laughs> Jeff Munkin. So, so, I mean, obviously that's a huge pickup. So let, let's start there. And, I mean – you know, that's a game that we've talked about before that, you know, since Munkin's been there, that that would be a fun one to do, whether it would be a home and home or, or just some kind of setup. So for Jared Benko to be able to, you know, go out and, and secure that, I, I think that um, certainly I'm happy with it. I think you are, too. And hopefully a lot of our fans are. I mean, I know a, a lot of us were kind of on pins and needles just seeing, you know, all the other some of our conference mates set up these home and home, set up these power five games with, a you know, a short amount of time, quick turnaround. And, you know, we took a little longer to do it, but we were able to fill that spot. And I think I think it's a good opponent that we were able to fill it with. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, I couldn't be happier with with the game that that Binko was able to get in regards to kind of you know this crazy fluid season that we have going on here um yeah army I'm, I'm excited about it this is one I know you and I have talked about that, that we sh- we could have played earlier um it's great that we finally get the to play them now I know that we go to West Point this season um as of right now there doesn't appear to be any return trip to Statesboro 
and personally, I don't I don't see that happening. I see this as kind of like two institutions trying to figure out this season and, and seeing a hole and just at least getting a game in where there was an off week uh, to help each other's schedules out. So I don't I to me from my point of view, I wouldn't really see as 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 them coming to Statesboro in the next few years. I could be wrong. I mean, obviously, but I just kind of see it as a each each program trying to help each other out here. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm excited. We know, we know what we're going to get in a team coached by Jeff Munkin, um, is going to be a hard fought game for sure. And so if we don't come up there to, to play, we're, we're going to get ran out of that stadium pretty quickly. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, right, right in the, the flex one triple option. I mean, that, you know, you, you've seen stuff on, on social media where that game might last like 70 minutes total, you know? Um, I mean, I mean, Oh that, yeah. That's... This, this is going to be like a 90 minute football game, including yeah. halftime. <laughs> right. Right. So, I mean, you know, super fast game, you know, there, there'll be an over under on how many passes attempted, you know, and, uh, but it, it, it should be a fun one. Uh, you know, certainly that, that late in the season and, you know, it'll be a good um, test for us, you know, warming up to uh, Georgia state there to, so, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with it. I think, you know, uh, let's hope that things are closer back to normal. I know that, you know, the state of New York right now is not allowing fans at any of their sporting events. Um, so, the, of course, that includes Army. So as it stands now, that will be played in front of empty stands, which is just weird, you know, it's, it's weird to say for anybody, but especially at a place like Army. And I can't imagine something like an Army-Navy game or something like that with no fans. I mean, it's it's, it's just it's crazy to even, um, you know, imagine that. But with, you know, this is late in the season. It's November 21st. So, you know, maybe by then things get straightened out a little bit. Um, things calm down, we get the virus under control, and they do allow fans where, you know, some of us are able to go up there or at least they're able to have some home fans and, and create some kind of, a, you know, better atmosphere there. But regardless, it's, it's going to be a fun football game to watch, um, you know, hopefully if it is played. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It, it should be it should be a fun time had by all. Let's just hope that we are on the winning side of it. Yep. So – you know, as it stands now, like I said, it, it seems like we're content staying at 11 games. That's not finalized. You know, we're hearing kind of conflicting reports from people. But from from what we've seen from like Lunsford and like some of his quotes and stuff, it it seems like, again, that Nova, uh, that uh, September 12th game against Campbell, which would be a home opener instead of starting on the road like we would uh, September 5th at Boise State. Looks like we're content with that right now. I mean, obviously, any, you know, again, fluid situation, anything can change. Campbell, you know, that's a story in itself. They're in the Big South Conference. They decided to cancel football. However, they gave the option to their member institutions that they could still play a truncated schedule with up to four non-conference games. Obviously, they're an FCS opponent, um, like us, uh, playing uh, Power 5 teams. They need games against Group of 5 and Power 5 to, you know, uh, sustain football, you know, to, to, to pay their bills. So, um, pay, you know, playing those, uh, just that non-conference schedule um, to a team like Campbell, you know, makes a big difference. So, it looks like they, you know, that, that news came out, uh, you know, fairly quickly after after Big South made that announcement that that game's still kind of um, on, you know. So uh, Binko came out and, and, and said it is, and then and I think Campbell's folks uh, did as well. So looks like that is set. Um, and, again, it, it looks like for right now um, we're starting on, on September 12th. So with that, 
what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I, I, I think that's probably a good thing. I mean, obviously, you know, you have the, the health things and getting things squared away with protocols and all this kind of stuff and maybe let things play out kind of across the country with the teams that are starting a week earlier, even two weeks earlier in, in week zero. Um, but also gives from a football perspective, us more time to prepare. Um, obviously everybody, you know, uh, had shortened camp and, and, and things like that. We got more practice in both in the spring and then in the fall than, than a lot of programs across the country, but it, it does give us that extra week of practice, which would be really good. Yeah, it does. And, uh, you know, with as crazy as I guess as this off season has been, as far as what really we haven't been able to do in, in normal years with having them on campus and workouts, and as you said, getting the full spring spring practice in, the extra week will help. Um, I think that's been voiced in kind of quotes, you know, um, through the media. So I'm happy with it. Um, to kind of relate to this, I mean, are you? what's your thoughts on on not trying to get like a big 12 opponent like we've seen like louisiana and arkansas state and coastal carolina which kind of redid their kansas agreement to kind of fit kansas into this season to where they're going to go back out there then have them come i think it's either next year or 2022 um yeah i mean i i think if we could have done something like a home and home again i mean we're not behind closed doors so it, like i i don't i don't think you know jared hasn't made these calls right I don't think he yeah had, but I, I think I think and I, I think for a fan yeah it, it can be a little frustrating right I mean when when you're looking and you're seeing all your conference mates you know getting the Kansases getting you know uh, whatever big 12 team getting those uh plus one games against the ACC you know people have retained games but there was also you know some people that have uh got brand new games with ACC then you've got group of five doing home and homes and all this so you you saw a lot of action going on out there, and we were kind of quiet for a while until that Army game was announced. And I, I get how people could be a little concerned with that, but I, I, I mean, rest assured, those calls have been made, talks have been had, but we have to make the right decision, you know, for a football program long term, you know, and, and yeah. I, think, I think Jared has that in mind. I mean, certainly, you know, and, and and to be honest with you, I mean, we, we chatted last night, and I mean, I I I'm I feel way better about us going through this situation with this AD than our previous administration, and because mainly, I mean, he comes from a financial background. You know, he's he's been a CFO at um, Mississippi State and and at a similar position at Auburn, and so I mean, I I think that you know alone i mean we need a mind like that we need someone that is financially focused so he's going to make decisions based on that um again long term looking at the financial stability of the program so when it comes to you know going to big 12 we we don't know what these contracts are going to be like right i mean we we don't we, we don't have all the details of of our conference mates of okay they're playing kansas okay they're doing um you know playing you know, Texas Tech or, or whoever, but we don't know how much they're getting paid for it. We don't know mm -hmm. if it's a home and home. We don't know if it's a, a two for one or, or whatever. So, you know, I, 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 that's what I keep falling back on is that, you know, if th there's a reason that these games that we're not pulling the trigger on this stuff now, yeah. may, maybe, maybe part of it is simply, you know, the teams don't want to play us. I mean, we've historically have had a hard time scheduling out of conference opponents because that, you know, especially of where it lines up in the schedule and stuff, they don't want to face a team like Georgia Southern running the offense that we do. Obviously getting teams to Statesboro has been a challenge. I think we're going to see that improve 
drastically, you know, with this administration versus the last. Um, but give it time, you know, I mean, Jared's only been in the position for, you know, a couple months now and he's been dealing with all this. So, um, you know, I, I don't think now is basically the time to jump the gun and like, just take whatever we can get with that. I, yeah. I think, I think staying at 11 games or even if it went back down to 10 games in a season like this, I think that's fine. I think starting later is fine. Um, and I think I, I'd, I'd rather, start seeing those home and home contracts roll in or those big money games roll in later on in the season for future years. You know, I, I'm, I'm not really that concerned about not playing, you know, uh, ACC and that big tw- uh, 12 opponent this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I'm fine with the 11 game schedule. It, it, to me, it, it makes sense. You get your extra week of practice. You kind of get your tune up game with Campbell and then, then you can kind of attack the rest of your your ten games because it, it starts off pretty quick with FAU and then uh, Louisiana. Yeah, and again we we lucked out. I mean we we made this point last uh, last time, and but I think it's uh, worth bringing up again is that when you look at kind of the landscape, of this, even just at the conference of of like App State, you know they lost all four of their non conference games, right? So they had to scramble a little bit more. Than, than we did. I mean, you know, lo- losing the two and and really losing them when they did, they were spaced out a little bit. We knew about Ole Miss, um, you know, pretty much right away when the SEC made that decision. And then um, Boise came, you know, a week and a half or whatever later. Um, but it, I, I think the schedule was kind of set up, and obviously that's just outside of our control, but it, but it worked in our favor, I think. It was set up in a way that you know, we, we didn't lose a ton of games. We only had that one big money game. So we weren't that reliant on, you know, we didn't have like two or three, like we have in some years. So that, uh, you know, I, I think we were in good position. So, um, especially compared again to like an app state that, that loses that or to like to a ULM who's, you know, reliant, uh, more reliant on their budget, you know, where, where they're, losing 30% or whatever of, of uh, you know, of their budget in, in, in those games and having to scramble. So I, I think we were maybe a little less desperate there. I'm not saying that we can't use that money. Obviously we can. Um, but I, but I think, you know, it wasn't like a, a, a frantic scramble to like, we've got to, we've got to get back to 12 games. We got to fill this. We got to get a power five opponent back, you know? Um, yeah. And that, that, that's just speculation on my part. Again, I don't I haven't seen the books. I have no idea. But, uh, you know, that's what it seems like to me. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. So moving on, you know, let's talk about just the landscape of college football for a minute. Um, let's kind of recap that. Obviously, like you said, last time we, we recorded, there were 10 FBS conferences now six. So there's ACC, SEC and Big 12 in the Power Five, and then Conference USA, uh, American Athletic Conference, and Sun Belt. So those are your, you know, Power Six, if you will, or however you want to look at it. But you've got uh, three Power Fives and three uh, Group of Fives, all kind of regionally centralized, right? I mean, you've got, you know, your AACs, Conference USAs, you know, a little spread out. SEC or uh, Sunbelt obviously is in SEC, ACC country. So they're, they're all, they're all right there in the Southeast and then moving into Texas. And what are just kind of your thoughts on that of, of, of the Sunbelt staying the course, you know, along with other two group of five teams, like you said, it, it, it does seem like we're kind of following the footsteps of the SEC, whatever they do, which is interesting because we're not really getting anything 
out of them this year because they're not playing out of conference opponents. So it's not like we're trying to retain those games, but you know, it, it does seem like we are following their coattails a little bit, you know, in, in just what they do. Well, if, if they're going to play, we're going to play. We're in, in their shadow, not, not in a negative way, but I mean, we're, we're right in the heart of, of SEC country. So. Yeah, and as long as we have the testing capabilities and the means to keep our players safe, then I'm fine with that. And I think for me as a fan, that's kind of been the, the biggest confusing part in, in all of this is is how are four conferences getting to the point to where they say, no, it's not safe for players to play. And then you have six other conferences with their medical professionals saying, yeah, it looks like they should be they, they could be able to play following you know certain guidelines and protocols it should be fine you obviously see the big the big uh petition that i think justin fields has put out this uh, i think yesterday um d- asking or demanding that, that the big 10 players be allowed to play and for that decision to, to overturn it was like 150 uh, signatures in like 10 minutes i think and then like three hundred thousand by like two hours or something like that yeah, yeah so you know that would be interesting if the Big Ten changed their mind in like two weeks. You know what? What do they do? I doubt it. But you know, I doubt it. How, I mean, that how, you're, how would that situation work? I mean, you're talking foot in the mouth situation, right? <laughs> if, if that's what it is, I mean, that's 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 that could be you know a nail in the coffin for that commissioner of that. You know, I mean, you you think that you make a decision of that magnitude, you know, you're going to stick by it, right? But I mean, you get enough pressure out there by players, fans, parents, coaches, what have you. Um, and then just depending on how it goes, you know, uh, yeah, it, it will be interesting. But I mean, the season's coming up, right? So I mean, you've got a short amount of time to to make that decision. So yeah, I I, I don't see that happening either. Um, but I de- I could see them regretting the decision, you know. But yeah. I, I, on the other hand, I mean, certainly you could see SEC, ACC, Big Twelve, and Sub Belt commissioners all that regretting their decision too. Just depending on how things play out, we don't know, you know. Um, but but it is it's it's frustrating that there is so much conflicting information out there, right? That, that you're, you're seeing, depending on who you talk to, which expert you talk to at some of these institutions, some are saying, yeah, it's, it's fine to play. You know, if you, if you do it this way, it's safe. You know, I, I, I certainly, you know, can, can see if, if not agree with the argument of that, some of these players, some of these, um, you know, student athletes are, are, are safer, you know, in this controlled environment than them just being regular college kids or them going back to their, you know, hometowns and communities. You know, you're, you're seeing examples of that. You know, I, I, th- I think those are all fair points. So it, it's going to be an interesting, I don't want to call it social experiment because, I mean, we're certainly not trying to like play with kids lives here or anything well, I mean, but technically that's what it's going to be right it you're is it like is a, it's, a so, it's a social experiment so i mean unfortunately we're see, it is yeah, yeah so we're gonna see like what you know you've got the kids in the southeast and where you know in a lot of states you know i mean here in florida it's bad you know in georgia it's not great you know and and i yeah. mean and then you know, a lot of these places is worse than in uh, big 10 country right or or even like uh, Pac, uh, Pac-12 where, um, you know, California and these other states are getting it more kind of under control. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. And if it's a, you know, haha told you so from the big tens of the world, or if it's a haha told you so from the SECs, like, look, we told you we can do this safely. And then maybe there's some regret, you know, on, on the big 10 front of like, oh man, we, you know, we messed up. <laughs> uh, we we yeah. lost out on a lot of money. We lost out on, you know, um, you know, we made fans angry, players angry, all this kind of stuff. So financially, you know, it's a lot goes into it, obviously. You know, it's, it's a big financial decision. I think certainly like for the Sun Belt, that's 
that's a factor, but also, you know, your power fives and, and ACC and SEC and then Big Ten. I mean, you know, you'd mentioned when we chatted, you're talking about years that it could take to, to possibly recover for, for an impact like this. I mean, the, yeah. these schools, these schools have money, but at the same time, I think it's important to, to note that they're not all created equal. Right. I mean, you have you have these conferences that their their makeups, you know, spans a certain region. You know, some of these have private institutions with, you know, huge endowments. Some are large public institutions with big endowments. Some aren't as much and some aren't as reliant as on football as, you know, some of your like Ohio State's of the world and things like that. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens let's say the whole season does go off, you know, and then you, uh, you know, we, we get the whole season in, you, then you go back to the Pac-12 and, and Big Ten and, and see that kind of long-term, or uh, you know, impact financially of, of, of what happens to those football programs. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we won't know. We won't know, you know, until after the season is completed or after there's a stoppage in, in, in regards to, to what even the beginning of the impact will be in regards to this. Um, I think the unfortunate part is that the players are really kind of stuck in the middle with no voice to say if they do or they don't want to play. You know, that's that's to me kind of another frustrating part about this is that it doesn't seem that coaches, athletic directors, or in, in, in actuality, the medical teams and athletic trainers of these football programs really have much of a say in regards to, yeah, we think we can do this safely or no, we think that probably with everything going on that we we can't um it it just kind of seems to be more along the lines of you know the presidents and maybe a couple or certain medical doctors not to take away what they know or or that their opinions are less in the sense than the than the athletic trainers or medical staffs but it's you know it's it's when you see that a group should have a say at the table and they don't that's frustrating Oh yeah, when when you when you don't have your voices represented, I mean, obviously the players, and you're talking about a big chunk of of the of the pie there, right? I mean, obviously. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, even like coaches and stuff, you saw with the Big Ten, you saw Harbaugh, you saw you know, uh, you know Nebraska, you know, with all the rumors that, that they might try to jump to another conference, and then uh, Big Ten commissioner kind of iron fist and saying like, "No, you're not," you know, get, get in line. Yeah. Um, so you know that that kind of stuff is it's it's it is it's frustrating that uh, a, a small in the grand scope of of everything that a a small group of people are making decisions for the majority and you know we see that with everything unfortunately um you know when it comes to politics a lot of times and and other things and you hate to see you know anything like that transcend kind of into sports but i mean i think you're seeing some of that you know you're definitely seeing whether whether it's politics or whether it's just you know who, who knows at the end of the day what the true deciding factors are here i mean obviously you know health is you know obvious um but financially is is there you know there's a liability aspect there there's a lot that goes into all this stuff and it's going to be different depending on what president you talk to or what head coach you talk to or player or you know uh athletic director so it's to me it's just like you said the medical professionals that you have guys like the the guy at Tulane, right? That um, he is the medical—I don't know his official title—but over Tulane, but also the um, conference, also the AAC, and 
he went on record and I saw a video interview and he's like, yeah, as long as we do X, Y, Z, as long as we follow these protocols, I see, you know, no reason why we can't play. And, you know, if and he, he made the point, too, about that, he feels that players uh, possibly are, are safer, you know, again, in that controlled environment, being able to be in somewhat of a bubble where, you know, you're getting the three meals a day, you're on campus, you've, you're regulated with like your studies and your practice schedule and all this kind of stuff, rather than just like, you're free, you know, you got a year free, do whatever, go hang out with your friends, go, you know, to the club, go back home and do whatever, you know, and you're getting regular testing. They're not going to have any of that later. Right. So, um, so you hear that, but then you hear the NCAA, you know, uh, just uh, this weekend, you know, come out NCAA uh, medical liaison or whatever his title is and, and saying it's absolutely not safe to play, you know? And so it's, it, it's frustrating to hear. And, and the, I mean, these are, are smart people, right? I mean, you know, at, 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 at schools like Tulane and, and schools like, um, you know, uh, Northwestern and Purdue and, um, Duke, you know, so uh, across the board you have, so it's like, okay, all, uh, I, I want to believe all of you, but you're all saying conflicting stuff. So, yeah. so what, what yeah. is it, you know? Yeah, and, and again, th- that's that's the frustrating part. It's it's like, are, are we are we really that conflicted on what's best? If so, that's a little you know uneasy to think about. Or is it just the people who want to cancel the season getting the advice that fits their narrative so that they can shut it down, or vice versa? Is it the people that are just wanting to push forward with a season getting the advice from those who will say so? Right, mm-hmm. like. You know, and that again—that's something that's pretty scary too, right? Like, if if we're only going to listen to those that are going to agree with us or say that we want them to say, then then that that's that's not right. Um, but again, I, it's I think that just goes with the with how fluid this whole situation as a whole is with this pandemic. It's not you know just regulated to football. It's even as a whole that. Oh yeah, that's one happening month, everywhere. One, yeah, yeah, one month we'll we'll hear something from the CDC or um, Dr. Fauci is well. These are best guidelines, and then all of a sudden it's like the next month it's a, well, it's uh, kind of like that still, but with this, you know. And again, that's anything with science is the more data you get, the the things can change. But again, it's like, you know, which is it? You know, we I think we as a society and as just a people in general, we just want to know so that we can then move forward and kind of get back to as much as normalcy as we can right with with new guidelines or new procedures or whatever the case may be yeah i mean we're creatures of habit and i mean you know just um inherently you know humans don't like change right so i mean we 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 want we want to have a a clear focus and and follow it and we don't like being fluid you know we don't like uh you know that some people can adapt to it obviously easier than others but um it's it's tough for everyone to to be able to just um to have that flexibility and you know be like okay we're going through with it and then oh it gets upended you know we we want a clear answer directive and and follow it and we're not we're not really getting that it just depends on which direction you're looking you know where, yeah. where you're getting that information so yeah it's, it's it's definitely gonna be interesting and i think you know let's let's transition from this to something we chatted about of you know kind of the the long-term implications of this you know we we disagreed a little bit on Outside of obviously like health concerns of, of what, you know, could could be a factor here. I, I do think liability, you know, is 
could you know again it just depends on the conference it depends on the the voice that's saying it whether it's athletic director whether it's president um i do think that could be you know a concern but also you know you brought up a point of what does this do for recruiting what is it you know which i think you know is important to talk about so you know with with it stand, you know, with the way it stands now, so the NCAA has proposed a rule. Nothing's been finalized yet, but they proposed a rule that would essentially do something similar to what they did in the spring when the spring sport athletes lost out on the rest of their season. So it would um, extend to fall sports, I believe, but certainly for football, where if a player opted out for whatever reason, um, you know, obviously with like health concerns um, or if the season got canceled or and this is the the one that, you know, we were unsure about a little bit. But the way I read it and interpret it is if you do play as long as you play less than 50 percent or 50 percent or less of your games, um, you are eligible for another year. Right. So that that is what that's, again that's a that yeah. has a lot of questions to it. Right. Yes. So the the example that I that I bring up is is let's say it's Shy Wirtz or Wesley Kennedy or JD King or or even someone on the defensive front. Let's say they get a high ankle sprain or something that's not like a devastating injury, but one that you can you could technically in an eleven game season miss six games for. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Are they able to come back? Yeah, I mean, according to this rule, again, hasn't been finalized, just proposed. But if it goes through in the way that it's been proposed, that's the way I interpret it, right? That that if if they play, you know, it, it, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, so if, if it's an injury that does it, it doesn't have to be COVID-related. It, it, it's just yeah, if, if a player doesn't play, it's, it's basically like the new redshirt rule that, that they instituted last year, I believe, right, where it was four games. Yeah, you could play up to four games. Um, so we we've, we 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 did that. We saw it with other teams where you bring in a freshman, see what they got. Um, you know, get them some some scrub playing time. You know, at the end of 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 an opponent where you're up big or whatever, and then give them some reps and then redshirt them the rest of the year. It will be similar to that possibly, where you might see some of these big players where if the season's not going the way you thought it would, or or maybe you miss some games because COVID stuff or or, or whatever, um, you could see programs making the decision to sit some of these guys and again it to to the way i interpret it it's not just seniors it's an extra year of eligibility for everybody all players right yeah so all all players right so so it's it's not just like your fifth year seniors or 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 whatever i mean it could be your juniors that are coming up that you want to protect and i think the important thing here is is yeah it's, it's it's less about the Justin Fields and the Trevor Lawrence's of the world because they're going to be fine. You know what I mean? I mean, they, they've already made yeah. their mark. They've already improved their stock. They're going to the NFL. You could even argue that with them not playing, it could potentially help them. You know, I mean, they're still going to do workouts and stuff for NFL teams and all this, but they've already kind of proven what they need to prove and playing a whole season, you know, could end up injuring them. You know, they could have a, a, a Tua like injury where, you know, it, it they still get drafted, but it, it hurts their stock or, you know, it, it adds a bunch of question marks to them. So I think with, with guys like that, it's less of a concern than with guys that, that really need that extra year. Um, so you've, you know, you've got good players that whether they're, you know, freshman to senior whatever um they they could benefit from that 
extra time. So, and, and you're going to have tough conversations. What does that do uh, for recruiting? Because the, the key here, and again, this is all just proposed, but if, if that goes through, it's going to be like what happened with the spring where we created the Eagle fund, you know, and, and that, that funded our spring sport athletes, our, our baseball seniors and, and tennis and golf and all this to come back. Um, but that doesn't pay for those spots, right? That's why we created that fund. So that's the key thing here is NCAA can say, okay, all this has happened. This is terrible. We don't want to like uh, screw over these kids. You know, we want to uh, make sure they have their eligibility back. So they put these, protocols in place and they say, okay, you can come back. There's extra spots on the bus. That's not paying for the bus tickets. Okay. So that, that, that's the key thing to think here. So, you know, you've got your scholarships, you're, you're saying, all right, you've got these extra slots. Well, now what does that do for recruiting? If you're, you know, we've got 25 seniors on, you know, on, um, right now. And, you know, do you bring all of them back? Probably not because they're not all you know, starters, they're not all, you know, your impact players. Um, or and they just want to graduate and move on. Or they just want to graduate and move on. Yeah, there's a bunch of different factors. Um, for some programs, you know, they're, yeah, they're going to move on to professional ranks or whatever. So, but it's it's just a lot of factors that are, that are going to go into this. Yeah, where you're, it, yeah. That, that again gets to how crazy this whole situation is. I mean, you have, uh, this occur and then it leads to this action and you have this consequence with it so it's it's one it's one more thing that schools have to deal with it's one more for if if this gets passed it's one more thing that they have to navigate towards and i mean are they going to kind of open up like they did this year with the number of football spots and kind of just have like an unlimited amount of, of players you can you can bring so that you know you can still re- do a full recruiting class I mean, I, 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 yeah, I, I, I think, think you I think so, but you, you, you would have to do that, but you still have to, the, it's up to the programs to be able to fund that. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, so I, th- I agree. Yeah. So, so you're going to have group of five programs like us and even some power fives, I'm sure that are going to struggle with that. And then you're going to have to make really tough decisions of, do we bring back certain players just for one year or, yeah. or even if it's a junior, you know, do we bring him back to get that extra year so he has two years of eligibility versus bringing in a freshman that's going to have four to five years in the program that can develop and maybe, you know, at day one they're they're not close to, you know, the talent level um, of, of the player they're being compared to, but they're projected to be better, you know, so you've got to think long term and you're going to have to make some of those decisions. We were kind of chatting last night, you know, it's easier obviously with your top echelon players, I think, if – it's it's a given that if, if this happened and we had the opportunity to bring back a shy worse, to bring back a Wesley Kennedy, to bring back a JD King, we do it. Right. I, 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 yeah. I think that's, that's probably a no brainer, but you've got some other guys on the roster, not to take anything away from them, but you know, they maybe, you know, they're, they're not up to that level of those three guys I just mentioned, or they, they haven't had enough playing time to even prove it, you know, and, and they're seniors, they could be leaders. They, you know, they're, they're good players, but again, you know, is it, is it worth bringing them back just for an extra year versus you know uh, and, and and potentially losing a recruit you know I mean we, we again we have 25 seniors you normally bring in 20 to 25 recruits so those are those are tough tough decisions that are going to be had yeah now I think with our football program in our school we would do everything we can to bring back anybody that wanted to come back but I think you're you're questions valid that there are going to be some schools that are going to have to make very tough decisions in regard to that and, and say that we just can't bring you back, which is going to be kind of sad. Um, 
but again, it just gets to just how difficult these times are and how difficult this whole situation is as an athletic program and as a football program to navigate through. You know, these 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 are you're right. These are going to have to be tough conversations and tough questions that have possibly really hard answers to. Hmm. Um, and it's not right. I mean, well, it's not right in the sense that it's unfair to these kids who, again, are kind of stuck in this situation to where they don't really have a voice or say as to how they want to handle it or, or how they how best they should move on. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're stuck in limbo. I mean, you've got a lot of uncertainty, obviously, everywhere. But, I mean, you got the recruits that, you know, we've already have a handful of 2021, uh, you know, verbal commits. You know, you've got them looking at this situation like, oh, well, what does this mean for my spot? Then you've got, you know, your your seniors, you know, and, and your ones, again, like your your guys that are looking for their shot. Maybe they haven't even started yet, but they're they're looking to get some playing time this year or whatever. They're, they're questioning, you know, if my uh, – if the season gets canceled, if my career gets cut short, you know, what, what happens if they bring me back? It's just, it's a lot of uncertainty and a lot of it is kind of outside of their control, which, which does, it stinks, but um, you know, it's, it's just unfortunately what it is. And, and it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. Um, but I mean, the NCAA can only do so much, you know, I, I think they could be doing a lot more. Um, I think they've been, you know, uh, very quiet through this whole situation. Um, and I, I, you know, I think it kind of shows the lack of kind of control that they have over everything. Obviously FBS, they have less control over than, than their other sports, but, um, you know, it's again, they, they can still only do so much when it comes to, you know, they, they allow those spots to open, but it's up to the team to pay for it. And I think one point to, to make is I, I mentioned the spring and, and doing that fun. Um, and I, I donated to that. And I mean, I, I, I like how the school kind of did that and broke everything down of like, this is how much it costs to, uh, I don't know if you saw that Cody, but like, this is how much it costs to bring a player back for, for their meal stipend and for their room and board, all, all this kind of stuff. It broke it down to really put numbers to it of like how much it costs and again this was for spring sport sport athletes so this is you know your two senior golfers and your baseball players and tennis players and all this total it was 15 players i think is what i saw i think i i, I, I saw it last yeah, night. yeah um, i don't know i i think it was 15 again we have 25 seniors on the football team alone right and you're not you're talking about possibly all sport all fall sports here so you're talking about volleyball too and you're talking you know cross country so um you're you're t- you know it it that was a struggle just for the spring so if this happens where it gets past those again those tough decisions are going to be have to be made um across the country and not just with group of five teams but power well, five let me teams. ask you this if let's just say things are, are normal going into the 2021 season does it make that does that does it make it a little bit easier to handle that because you're going to have your money game back? I mean, I, I'm certainly not a financial expert. I, I I would think it wouldn't really balance it out, right? Because we were looking, you're looking at stacking the money, right? It's 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 a fluid amount of funds. I mean, you're you're yeah. you're losing out on the Ole Miss game this year, and and we don't know too much about that contract you know of, of, of what how that's gonna uh flush yeah out. how that's gonna work out what about the army game do we even know how much we I don't, mean, we even, we don't okay. I, I haven't seen a number i would think that if it wasn't a home and home situation you know they they they're a program with money they're pro i'm not saying that they're like they don't you know they're not worried about money at all i mean i'm, I'm sure they are but obviously as as a private military academy um i think you know it's safe to say that fi- fi- financially they're they're sound yeah financially they're sound i mean eventually you know things could happen where they start worrying about money but they're certainly not in the same 
spot that a lot of other programs are, right? Um, so, yeah, I, I would think that they're probably writing us a check. You know, is it an old Miss check? Probably not. I don't know, you know, but, um, you know, so we, I think it's safe to say that us and probably most of the Sunbelt members and, and really group of five as a whole is going to be, you know, in, in the negative, you know, we're, we're going to be losing money this football season, obviously like fans. I mean, you know, the jury's still out on, on what can happen with us, but again, we've already seen depending on the state and, and regulations, all this stuff, there's going to be football games. It seems played in front of empty stands. And, you know, and, and certainly if you do have fans, it's going to be limited. So ticket sales, all this kind of stuff. So we're going to lose money this year and, you know, and, and then getting a money game or two back in, in next year and moving forward. Yeah, that that helps out. But I, I don't I, that doesn't fill that void. You know, you're you're still, you know, so um, it's it, what happens with this season, you know, is it's going to have a trickle effect, I think, for several years. I mean, it, it's going to take several years to fully recoup, you know, from this, I feel. Um, financially. Oh, yeah, yeah, easily. Yeah, yeah, easily. I mean, it may take even a decade, depending on the program, financially speaking, to, to kind of really recover from from everything that's happened in the last um, eight to ten months. So, again, I'm glad I don't have to make these decisions because these are very all of these are tough decisions to make. Um, so, but I mean, yeah, it, it's it's hard. Let's let's just hope that things kind of get better um in regards to testing abilities in regards to social distancing and mask wearing and that everybody on these campuses are following the protocols that should hopefully not lead to any breakouts or any substantial widespread infection rates which we haven't always <laughs> which we haven't seen yeah. on, on georgia's i mean so far you know the when, on, on that front i don't know if it's if it's necessary i don't know if promising is the word that i would use um, with that, I mean, you know, you've seen the photo probably of, of, um, Dingus McGee's and, you know, you, you've seen, uh, I think the blue room recently, you know, that, uh, there was a video from that of everyone packed in there and stuff. And look, college kids are going to be college kids. But again, when it comes to football and being able to, to regulate some of these things, again, I, I, I do, I do buy into the, the mindset that, that these players, are, are safer, honestly, um, you know, in, in this controlled environment of, of being able to be regularly text tested. And obviously you, you can only do so much handholding and depending on the program and what kind of like tight ship, you know, the, the coaching staff runs, you know, some, some coaches are going to let their players kind of do whatever. And then some are going to be a, a much, uh, you know, tighter ship, but with, with us, you know, it seems like we're maybe somewhere in between, but I think, you know, our, our players are bought in enough where they know what's at stake, you know, and our players are, but our Georgia state players or coastal players or Louisiana Monroe players bought in to do this. I think that's, that, that, that's also a big issue that is, is that you're really kind of depending on not just your team, but depending on the other members of your conference in actuality, the other members of teams that are playing football that still plan on playing fall football to all do their part. Yeah, it's a collaborative. It's a collaborative yeah. thing, and I yeah, and that's a good point because with it's again like we we like to as a society group everything together. So you look at these conferences, and you're like, oh, the SEC, like they're all the same, and like, oh, the the Sun Belt, they're all the same. Well, they're not. You know, I mean, you 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 look at the member institutions, and it's very different, like makeups of of 
how big their student body is and whether or not they're in, you know, a, a party uh, campus or not. Or, you know, if it's with, with some of these like the SEC, you've got Vanderbilt in there. Vanderbilt is far in a way, you know, a much different type of school than a Georgia or Ole Miss, you know? So like, it's, 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 it's easy to kind of group all these together um, because they're regionally located, but, but they're very different schools. So yeah, we, we can't control what's outside of our control. Um, so yeah, your coastals and stuff, you don't know what Chad Wills doing there. You know, you don't know um, how much uh, structure and stuff they have in a program like that. So you are reliant and it's scary. I mean, honestly, it, it, it's concerning that you're, you're relying on that. I mean, you're seeing it even at like the pro level and stuff. I mean, all, all it takes is kind of one domino, you know, to, uh, you know, one, I don't want to say like bad apple because things can happen where you just have one player that, you know, it's not like they're trying yeah, to I mean, go out and yeah, get exactly. the virus, but I mean, you know, all, all it takes is just one kind of trickle effect for it to just spread and have these many outbreaks. And then you go, you get exposed they, you know, maybe they're doing everything right. They do the testing and stuff, but you already faced that team or you already did something with that team prior to those results coming out. And now it's too late, you know? Yeah. I think, I think you have, you have two big hurdles coming up before we even get to the football season, right? You have the move in school classes starting. How, how are things going to happen within the first week or two at a lot of these institutions? And then also you have your first kind of, official break for for all of these colleges which is labor day right it's a time for especially freshmen and even in general the the larger student body to go back home or to go on a on a last you know beach trip you know before fall or most cases in some cases a lot of cases is to go travel to the first football game but that won't happen this year but it's kind of you know those two big hurdles of all right is there any spike in cases after those two events yeah you know uh, well, i mean if, we, if, yeah. i think if there's a lot then i think things get shut down pretty quick if there's not then i think fo- the football season progresses gotcha like that's that's kind of the benchmark of the season i mean if, if yeah if, it's those two big things yeah if it's anything like memorial day i mean I, that didn't go great <laughs> you know? no so, it didn't it did so so you know i i think if, if if you can use that kind of as as an example you know that's that is concerning because if again and, and that's that was you know during you know a time where kids are out of school and stuff so now you've got like you said, college campuses, if they're not getting exposed on campus and they're going back to, you know, um, you know, having having a mini like spring break, going to the beach or, or going back home to their communities and, and it's less controlled. You don't know what's going on. So um, and again, you can't control. I mean, we we can, you know, Lunsford can rule with the iron fist and say, you know, all the guys are staying on campus for that weekend or whatnot. And, and we're getting in practice and we're doing all that. But that doesn't mean that everyone across the conference is doing that. That doesn't mean that. Um, you know, Campbell, you know, is Campbell doing that? We don't know, you know, and we face them a week later, you know, so um, that kind of stuff, it's, it's, it's hard. And I mean, that's why, you know, you saw these conferences do conference only because it, it does help regulate a little bit because you can kind of rule across a conference and say, this is what you've got to do. Um, Mm -hmm. But once you open up to non-conference, you're, you're relying on, on them, you know, to, uh, to do the right thing. So um, yeah, I, it's, it's, it's just gonna be interesting, man, honestly, but I mean, I'm, I'm ready for football again. It, it seems, it seems that we are in a, you know, we're trending, I guess, in the right direction. Like it's, it, it seems like it's going to happen. I mean, I, you know, obviously things can change really quickly. Um, but, but it, it definitely seems like 
we're we're looking at September twelfth, and we're we're going to play Campbell, um, and you know, looking forward to previewing that game in a later episode. But um, yeah, it's gonna. I'm, I'm. I think we 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 kind of talked about this, but we're really excited to see what kind of this what this offense does. Yeah. And, and we, we, yeah. can, we can talk for a minute with that before we close. Obviously, we're not going to get into like a full preview with this. This was kind of like our COVID part two type type deal, just talking about everything that's happened over the last couple of weeks. Um, and again, uh, so much can change. Maybe we have a third episode where we talk about it, but it seems like this. <laughs> let's see, hope not. And let's I'm, hope I'm not. I'm tired of this. Because I think, I think next time it would be bad news, right? I mean, I think if we yeah. had to have another yeah. one, it would be that the season's probably canceled. Again, I think we're staying at 11 games. I don't see us adding games. I don't really see us losing games at this point um, because if we're losing games, I think it's conferences shutting things down. And if that happens, it's going to be a trickle effect. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to shut things down. Right. So, yeah. So, I mean, I, like ho- hopefully after this, we can move on where we start talking about more football, but we can spend a minute here talking about that is, and we touched on it last episode. This is, you know, an exciting season for us. If, 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 if this, if, if all this stuff wasn't happening, we're just looking at the the season as a whole of, of, of what it was before and all this, we had high expectations, right? This was kind of the year's once for his third year. It's uh shy words as a fourth year starter. Um, he's looking great. We've got again, 25 seniors. We've got a bunch of starters returning. We've got pretty much all our skill positions returning. We're uh, stout on uh, up front on defense. Our linebacker core looks great you know, some question marks in the secondary, but we've got talent there, like all, you know, across the board, really exciting things. So, you know, for fans like you and I, Cody, we're just hoping that we can see him play that, that, you know, that we can see what this team has um, against the toughest competition we can possibly play against because it, it should be a fun team to watch if the games can be played. Yeah, it should be. And, this gets me to one of the, I think, the Gata Lifestyle video, videos that they put out, I think it was early last week, that showed Coach Lunchford talking to the guys on the football field as, you know, I, I, I'm assuming it was probably like the end of practice. And he had the, the, the quote in saying that he firmly believes that this, this could be one of the best Georgia Southern teams of, of all time. Mm-hmm. Um and and that that was kind of eye opening because I don't I don't get from this coaching staff at all that they uh, fluff anything or right. that they sugarcoat anything at all. They'll they'll let you know exactly where we stand. They let you know, yep, we think we have a good year. Yep, we may struggle in this area. Yep, you know this is they don't set up false expectations, right? Yep, they're not going to tell us that the sky is rainbows and lollipops when it's you know pouring down raining outside. So. Th- that really got me excited. That if they can already see this now with this football team as having the ability to be really, really good, really, yep. really good, uh, yeah, you bet that I want to. I want everything possible to happen to, to see these boys play, um, because you and I, you know, after the end of last season and kind of throughout this year, have, have talked about how, you know, if things kind of come together, this is a this is a group that is could be very special. I mean, when you're looking at Logan Wright being like your third guy that nobody's right. talking about, he's a stud. He's Before a stud. He got he, injured, yeah, he was our number one he, guy. Yeah. yeah, he was number one guy, and he was, he, I think he was averaging close to six yards a carry before he got injured. I mean, he was he was really good, and you, you look at Shy and Wesley Kennedy and J.D. King all having 700 yards rushing last year. Well, let's remember none of them played the full season. 
Right. I mean, you're talking about if they all played the 12 games, 13 games, then they probably all have over 1,000 yards rushing. Now, think yeah. about that for a second. You have three guys on your team that, that that's getting over 1,000 yards rushing. That's... And that was with the offensive line from last year, you know. Now, now they're healthy. Now, now they should. We should all have our starters back. Now we should all, we all, everybody has an extra year of experience. You know, guys that probably wouldn't have been getting game experience actually did. So that's going to benefit them on that offensive front as well. You're not even talking about the defense, which is loaded up front. And yeah, there are question marks for the corners, but you feel pretty confident in the guys that they've brought in so far. Yeah, you know it's it's hard not to get excited about this football team. It yeah. really is. I mean, it really is hard to me, the, the talent wise. You know, I, I go back to 2016. Obviously, that season didn't go the way a lot of people wanted it to go because of who we had in charge, right? Who we had as that coach. But I, I think you and I have talked about it before. If we had that talent, you know, with with Upshaw and Ellison and and uh, and and Brita and everybody, that if we had that under you know, uh, a competent coaching staff, you know, if Fritz was still there, um, that would have been a really, really special team rather than being Whoa. kind of a, a black eye yeah. on, on the, you know, recent uh, program history. And and yeah. I, that's that's how I equate this. I mean, again, you're, you're looking, you know, it kind of comes in these ways where we went, you know, that next year where we were a super young team, you know, really, really young, one of the youngest teams, I think the second youngest team in the country, um, you know, in, in 2017, right? Um, and then now, again, got 25 seniors. You had, uh, you know, and back going to 2016, I think we had 22 seniors there. So you're, you're talking about a team that has a ton of experience. You know, uh, Phil still, um, you know, we're in the top 25 there of, of like his experience chart or whatever of, of all the teams and, and now probably even higher because a lot of, a lot of the teams aren't, aren't playing. Um, so, you know, it's it, it should be a fun season if it can be played because we've got a lot of experience. We've got obviously the older guys, but the experience there. So, you know, it's, it's not just seniors that are finally getting their shot. It's guys like Shy Wirtz. It's guys like Logan Wright that have had a lot of playing time. Some guys that, you know, have like Wright had that had some injuries or bouncing back. Drew Wilson, these guys. And, and these are, I mean, it's a ton of experience that we're bringing back. Yeah, it is. And, you know, we all, I think we've all heard, it seems like every year where something's changing about the offense in regards to more passing or um, what was it when, uh, during summers, right, and they brought in the guy from Tech who was supposed to be the offensive coordinator. Well, we're supposed to have this great option offense that we're going right. to run. You know, now, obviously, this year it's the more passing attack. It's the more that we're supposed to be uh, a little bit more diversified when it comes to the offensive play calling. Um yep. You know, is that some is that hype that you're buying into? Yeah, I mean, for me it is, and it's, it's more hype than lip service, right? And where where in in years past, I think it was more of that, like, oh, you know, it seems like every year we kind of hear murmurings of of like, oh, we're gonna pass it more, or, oh, you know, what does that actually mean? Oh no, sky's falling. But like for this, it seems more decisive. You know, it, it seems more methodical where. It, it, we're we're gonna work it in in a way th- that works. So, you know, work it in a way that you know it, it's not it's not forced. You know, I, you've heard Danny Reed 
and them kind of say it before where, you know, we want to throw um, when we want to, not when we have to. And that's what we've seen, you know, so much in the past that, that it was forced, that it, you know, it, it was shy chunking up the ball, um, you know, on, on, on third and long or, um, you know, and, and you're just eyeing down your receiver or whatever it is. And, um, you know, teams are stacking the box against us on first and second down, putting us in those uh, long yardage situations. And then also, you know, you saw plays that worked where it was kind of the home run play and, you know, uh, um, saw that several times, not really so much last year, but but certainly, you know, the year before um, and then back under Fritz and stuff, you saw it. But I think we want to not get away from that. Obviously, that home run play is great, but we want less of those. We want it more balanced when it comes to pass, passing where, yeah, we can throw on first down. It doesn't have to be that bomb to Darion Anderson. You know, it, it can be. Uh, you know, a quick slant, you know, to, um, you know, to Wesley Kennedy and mix him in the, uh, the passing game. It can be, a, you know, a quick out route. It can be a, a screen situation, it, you know, that things like that. I think you're going to see a lot more where we do that, open up the defense a little bit, get them to, to get the linebackers to back off and then be able to run our offense and our bread or butter running the football. I don't think it's going to be a situation where we go 40% pass or anything like that, but I, I do see an uptick in, in attempts, but what what I'm looking for is well thought out, you know, methodical play calling when it comes to the passing game. And yeah, I think, it, I it, think you are going to see that more this year rather than those like desperation type plays. And let me ask you this. We all know how LSU came out last year against us, right? And we all heard the rumors that they had a new offense. You actually had the new co-offensive coordinator from them. That's now with the Carolina Panthers that that really kind of helped Joe Burrow go from a six fourth round draft pick to the number one pick. That's if something that, that we didn't yeah, get. Right. Yeah, we didn't yeah. even we didn't even get into that implications for players in regards to all the COVID mess. But I digress. If you know, is that something you know? LSU was very you know before the game. We're not going to sugarcoat. We're not going to hide nothing. We're going to throw it at them right off the bat, and kind of people in the media, yeah, haha, whatever. And then they actually did it. You know. And it was like, wow, this 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 offense looks really good. Is that? Do you see that with Georgia Southern against Campbell? Do you see us like not really hiding anything and just being like, you know what, this is how it's going to be. We're going to throw the ball ten to fifteen times, maybe even twenty times, right. and we're going to spread you out. And we're going to if you if you put nine guys in the box, we're going to hit these quick slants, quick outs, and we're going to we're going to take the four, five, six yards. And until you do something else, right. this is what we're going to do. I, I want that to be the case, right? Uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I think that I think that should be, you know, how, how we're thinking going into this. I don't know if that's if that's going to be, you know, I, I think this uh, again, the schedule kind of sets itself up nicely where we're able, you know, we get that extra week of practice to, to work in some of these wrinkles and stuff and and, and you know, help with the. Um, cohesion of, of, of shy and the um, the receivers and all this but what you know now that we're not going out west to play you know a really tough opponent in Boise State and get to play you know opponent in Campbell that look we should just beat you know and really no matter what we do we should beat right I mean we we, yeah. could hand, we could hand the ball to Logan Wright 30 times or JD King 30 times and we'll beat them but is that the best thing for the longevity of the season if there you know is <laughs> a long season yeah, um, yeah to to you know is that is that in our best interest no i don't think it is you know i, I think uh, 
like you said, working out. I mean, treating treating Campbell like LSU treated us, and and you know, and then you're still gonna get naysayers and stuff, just like with LSU. I mean, like, okay, let's wait until they play some Big Ten opponents. You know, let's wait until they play you know the SEC schedule, whatever. Um, where you know they they just played Georgia Southern. We don't know how good Georgia Southern is. That sort of thing. You're gonna you're gonna hear that from us with with Campbell. But yeah, I think that's the perfect opportunity to get you know quote unquote like warm up and and ring you know uh, iron out the wrinkles of, of, of the offense. And um, so so I'm I'm hoping to see that 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 we kind of come out of the gate and, and don't hold anything back. And who cares for FAU? Okay, uh, you know I mean that not taking anything away from them. That's a good team. And, you know, they'll they'll see that, uh, obviously, and, and have, you know, a, a week to prepare for it. Um, but, you know, if, if they're preparing now for because that's their opener now, right, as, as us for FAU, I, I believe, right? Do they play anybody in the I don't know. I don't think first so, couple weeks? I could be wrong. Yeah. I don't know if they have an FCS opponent before us or not. So, you know, if, if that is their first game, they're they're preparing probably for how we looked last year, you know. So, I mean, yeah, it, it will it will kind of give them a glimpse of but then they'll, you know, have a short amount of time to prepare for it. So I, I would I, I wouldn't I wouldn't think like that. I, I would just go out and, and run whatever you plan, you know, to run in, in week six or seven. You're running that in week one, you know, and, oh, and yeah. you just do it. And, and you know, if, if it again, if it doesn't work and it's terrible and you know shy goes you know two for 15 or something and then those two picks guess what we still probably beat Campbell you know I mean because we can we can revert back and we can run the ball and the defense is going to play really well probably get some turnovers themselves and it might end up being a little scary and it might be end up being kind of like that main game last year where it's a little too close uh, for comfort you know at at certain points, but we, we still get the W. So, um, I, I would, I, I, I absolutely would. And I, I hope, I hope to see it. Um, because I think that's going to make our offense really dangerous. If we can do that again, that moderate to intermediate passing game is key, you know, being able to just throw and back up the defense where pretty much at will, we've got not just one option, but two, maybe even three, get your tight ends involved, things like that, where, you know, uh, shy can call an audible at the line or maybe run some RPO and things like that and make decisions in the moment to, okay, if they're going to stack the box, we're going to throw it over top on you real quick. And you're going to, you're going to back up. It's going to open up and then we can run the ball down your throat, you know? And, and once we can hit, you know, once we can, uh, really get going with that kind of moderate passing game you know your your eight to 15 kind of yards you know your quick slants and things like that it's going to open up that run game and then it's going to open up those those big passing plays too so um yeah Campbell is the perfect opportunity to to work that stuff out all right yeah so you know we'll obviously talk more about that Leading up to the Campbell game, we'll preview the season here coming up, uh, you know, where we do our kind of our typical breakdown of full offense, defense, special teams. But again, this this episode was mainly dedicated just to, to all the happenings. Hopefully we're done with this and we can just move on. And as as long as we can keep talking about football, we'll keep talking about football and, and yep. you know, and hopefully not have to have filler content and, and, and reminisce on, on seasons of the past. We can uh, focus on, on previewing, <laughs> uh, you know, the season at hand, uh, you know, moving forward. So uh, I guess with that, Cody, we'll pick it up next time and hail Southern. Hail Southern. Thank you for listening to Gotta Talk. Be sure to visit our website, gotatalk.com, 
Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Gata Talk Podcast for more news and coverage of Georgia Southern football. Reach out with questions, share your thoughts, or suggest topics on our social media channels or by emailing us at gatatalkpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, Eagle Nation, Gata and Hail Southern. Thank <laughs> you.